Today, I'm going to take you on a trip back to the 90s. But to do so, I'm first going to have to take you on a trip back to the 70s. In 1973, one of the most famous and most controversial horror films of all time was released worldwide. Based on the novel of the same name by William Peter Blatty, The Exorcist has been described as one of the most terrifying films ever made. Around the time of its release, the production was caught up in controversy for its plot involving a child possessed by a satanic entity, the mysterious incidents that happened on the set of the production, and the audience reaction to the film once it was released. In the UK, around the late 80s, all VHS copies of the film were banned from distribution, with only the occasional showing being screened at theatres. However, in 1998, the movie was released once again in UK cinemas, and not long after was officially released to video stores. Although the ban on The Exorcist had been passed, it was one particular horror film I was strictly banned from seeing. As a child who was allowed to be exposed to horror and had seen so much at that point, I wondered why this particular film was censored from my viewing. So today, we're going to talk about unbanning the exorcist. It's an excellent day for an exorcism. Welcome to the first official episode of Slashic Horror. Yeah, I really don't like doing that voice. I really need to come up with a better one. Maybe I could just try something like, Hi, this is Lee. Welcome to Slashic Horror. But that just seems a little bit too soft. I don't know. I'll work on it. So today I'm going to be talking about The Exorcist. And I'm going to be discussing how that had an impact on me as a child. Because although I was allowed to watch various horror films. It was one of the only horror films I was specifically banned from seeing. And of course there was other films I wasn't allowed to watch. You know, my parents didn't give me total free reign to watch any old horror film. Of course they didn't. There had to be restrictions in place because, you know, there was so much content out there that was really not appropriate for a child. Um, But there was so much hype that was surrounding The Exorcist. And I think with, you know, the re-release in 1998, there was... You know, there was documentaries um, on TV all the time, especially The Fear of God, um, which is excellent, by the way. If you get a chance to check it out, I think it's on YouTube. It's a really good documentary and probably the ultimate documentary about The Exorcist. But I think for me, it was just more of a case of why Why is this horror film? Like, why is this film so, so different from all the others that I'd seen up until that point? You know, my family weren't particularly religious, so like... In my mind, what I, I thought was it something to do with the fact that it had these religious connotations to it. But I think it was more to do with the fact that it was, you know, it was a film about a child that was possessed by something demonic and she was doing these horrific things and to herself as well. Like, obviously, there's the masturbation with a crucifix scene, the most famous scene in the film. 
Like, if I had my own child, I absolutely would not let them watch that film. Like, it's just too much for a child to see. And it was just, you know, it was it was quite graphic as well. So I can completely, I completely get why I wasn't allowed to see it. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what it, what it was that made me want to see it so badly. I've, other than, obviously, there was the hype, but I actually didn't even know what an exorcism was. Like, I didn't understand what, what the film was about until it was obviously explained to me. Um... I think I must have harassed my my mum and dad and they obviously explained to me like, oh, well, this is what an exorcism is. Like before I ever got to see The Exorcist, I actually saw um, the parody of The Exorcist, Repossessed, with Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair actually starred in the parody as um as as a well, parody of Reagan uh, when she's an adult and has her own family. Um, but that gave me a really different idea about what I thought the film would be once I finally seen it. In fact, there was so much about The Exorcist that, you know, I was already familiar with. I was also very familiar with tubular bells because it was my mum's ringtone on the phone. It was like this, like, poly sort of version because it was Motorola's and such back then, so it wasn't the exact, you know, the exact Michael Oldfield version. I don't know whether that was her way of rubbing it in my face that I couldn't watch this film or whether it's just because she liked Mike Oldfield, but... Still, yeah, that, that kind of pissed me off too. But I was also very familiar with like the iconic image as well of uh, Father Karras outside the um, McNeil's house with the, the, the light shining down. Like, I was very familiar with that. And the funny thing is as well that not only was there, there obviously a parody of The Exorcist anyway, but it was also parodied in, like, in, in some kid stuff. Like, I'm, I'm sure, in fact, there was. There was an episode of Courage of the Cowardly Dog, of all things, where um, Muriel is possessed by some sort of alien or something, and she's actually tied to the bed like Reagan was in the film. So it's it's years later, and my my obsession with wanting to see the film died down. Like, you know, it was, it was one of those films that, you know, it, oh, okay, the hype's been and gone, and, you know, everyone's seen it, I'm not allowed to watch it, whatever. But I I can't remember the exact age that I was. I It was definitely a couple of years later. But I remember going into Blockbuster with my dad and they had, like, um, a VHS sale on because it was at this point that DVDs were kind of coming in, so VHS was kind of dying down. And they had a sale on on loads of these VHS tapes. So I remember I got, like, ginger snaps and there was a couple of other things. But, of course, they had a copy of The Exorcist. And not only was it The Exorcist, it was the version that you've never seen before. So I picked it up, took it over to my dad and said... Dad, can I get the Exorcist? <laughs> I must sound like such a freak as a child, but honestly, this was like this was the kind of child I was. I like, even when I went to um our local video shop just to just to rent a film, like I'd pick up a film knowing that it was probably a little bit too controversial sometimes, and just go, Dad, can I rent this? You know, so I was that kid. Anyway, to my surprise, he obviously said yes because I had this VHS um of the access like and then I just became so excited like I could not wait to get home like you know we would go we would usually go to like Blockbuster and then get McDonald's or KFC or something I did not give a fuck about the KFC I did not give a fuck about the McDonald's or whatever it was I wanted to get home and I wanted to go up to my room and I wanted to watch the exorcist I was so hyped I was so ready and then I put it on I watched it all the way through to the end and you want to know what my reaction was once I finished it? Was that it? Seriously? 
this was this was banned from me for so many years and I wasn't allowed to watch this. Now, don't get me wrong, I must admit, like, I didn't appreciate the film when I was younger and it wasn't until I got older and watched it again and again that I, I learned to appreciate how good it, of a film it actually was. I know people are mixed on The Exorcist as as a film in general now. Like, obviously it's dated, you know, it's and a lot of people are so loyal to the the novel, the way you understand it too from that perspective. But I think what made it worse as well was that, only to, to heighten my disappointment, and, you know, I think, I think as any fan of anything, like, you get yourself so hyped up about something new that's coming out, and then when you watch it, because it's been so hyped, like, you... You just you you are naturally going to be disappointed if it if it doesn't blow you away. But on Sci Fi one night they were playing um, The Exorcist two, and I remember watching that. And obviously The Exorcist two, it just it's so long and the plot is just so ridiculous and so like nothing really happens until like the end. And even then, like nothing happens. Like it's <laughs> such a stupid film. Um, but that just made me think, like, you know, what, what a load of shit the Exorcist franchise actually was. So I didn't even see number three until I was in my 20s, which I'm glad that I did because it was that I actually really enjoyed number three. But yeah, like, I also as well, I, I could be wrong about this, but I'm sure that the Exorcist 2, obviously the first one wasn't released in on VHS, but I'm sure number two was always in our video shop before, before it was re-released. I could be wrong on that, but I just remember seeing that image of Linda Blair in the black and white. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure it was. So obviously I've shared my response and reaction to seeing The Exorcist for the first time and how I was really disappointed. So I, uh, I put on my Instagram, I put an open question to anyone. How old were you when you watched The Exorcist and what was your reaction to it? So I'll just read a couple of those out. So uh, Rich said, I was about 18, I think, and I actually found it quite boring. Don't shoot me, ha ha ha. Well, I won't shoot you because I, I didn't find it boring when I watched it, but um, I can understand why people would. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's it, ugh, it's not the best film. I'm just gonna say it. it's not, but I do like it. I really do. Jason said I was about nine. I'd seen loads of gory horror, so the horror of the Exodus went over my head. To be honest, you know what? No, but me too. To be fair, I I'd seen things way way scarier, way gorier, and way more horrific than The Exorcist before I, before I was even allowed to watch it. And, um, so that's, again, that just added to the disappointment for me, I think, when I was a kid. You know, as I say, I just, I didn't understand, like, there was so, I, I think after that as well, I didn't, all that hype, and I was like, for what? Like, I didn't understand what the hype was about it, but there we go. Sam said, 20 with a question mark, I think. I didn't like the film, but I loved the book. I mean, yeah, so many, so many people really are, like, loyal to the original novel, like I said, and I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of different scenes, and a lot, a lot more happens in the book as well, and, you know, I completely understand why people would prefer the book to the film, um, you know, I think the source material is always better sometimes, and I think in this case, I, I would agree with you on that. So Shelley from Tales of Point Horror Book Club's put 15, I was like, why was this banned? No, exactly. I don't understand why it was banned. And I think, again, because because it, it's probably because of the religious connotations and also the fact that, you know, what Reagan does to herself and stuff like that, I think it was just so... It was just 
too controversial for its time. I mean, that's the thing. I will, I will give the Exorcist, and again, it sounds like I'm I'm slating it here, and I'm not because I do love the Exorcist. I really do, but of the time, yeah, I can understand why it was controversial. But so many years later, and it was, you know, it was still banned until nineteen ninety eight in in the UK, and for what reason? Like you know, there was much worse horror content or exploitation content or whatever um out there. So yeah, no, I completely agree, Shelley. So I've got time for one more, so I will take it from, oh, Dustin from Dustin Can Read. Oh, and also, yeah, guys, if you haven't checked out Dustin's podcast, Dustin Can Read, you can also watch and you can also write. It's really awesome, so please check that out. Um, he's an awesome guy, so make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter too. So Dustin put, I've never seen The Exorcist, but I have seen the parody Repossessed, lol. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else has. But I actually I actually really like Repossessed. It gets slated so much for I mean yeah, okay, it's not the, the funniest parody in the world. But I really like it and it's probably just because I really love the intro theme song. Um oh, I'm not gonna sing it. No, oh, oh, yeah, I am. I was minding my business when the devil walked in on me. Oh no, don't want to be re 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 repossessed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Repossessed, and, and that was an awful version of the intro song. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's got really bad ratings and what have you, but it's it's I like it. So yeah, I'm 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 pro repossessed. But yeah, thank you so much, guys, for those uh, for the answers to that question. And again, guys, if um, I have an Instagram page now. It's at slashacara on both Instagram and on Twitter. Um, so if there's anything you want to ask me, feel free to just send me a message on there and I'll be happy to address it in the podcast. As long as it's um, horror-orientated, I will answer it. So in 2019, I actually went to go and see the play production of The Exorcist in Manchester. It was just before the pandemic hit and it's actually the last thing I saw in the in the theatre, um, which, thinking about it now, it's quite sad because it feels like a lifetime ago. So I thought the play was absolutely phenomenal. It was based on the novel one it was on the film, which was stated on the banners. Um, you know, it, it was William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist. It wasn't, um, you know, based on the 1973 film. But what was also really cool about it was that Ian McKellen, it was pre-recorded, so obviously he wasn't there, but Ian McKellen um, provided the voice for Captain Howdy slash Pazuzu. And that, to me, like, that was just... I was fanboying about that alone, to hear his voice so loud as well. And what it was really cool what they did. And I, I could be wrong on this. It might just be that um, the theatre in general, but it was so cold in there when we went in. And the the sound production was just so eerie and it was so loud. So it was like a different experience to watch it as a play. Not only because of the way the production the production was with like the sound effects and all that sort of stuff, it, it was also as well, the actress who played Regan, she was absolutely amazing. But I was convinced just looking at her that she was like, she was like 10. I, I was convinced. But... Because the things that she did, and, you know, from the film as well, and from the, the book, yeah, that's in there. Um, and it, <laughs> I even said during the interview to my husband, I was just like, that really shocked me. I can't believe, I thought they wouldn't show that. And um, I heard someone say outside, like, they heard 
or they knew the actress who played her, and she was, like, 19 or 20. I was like, oh, okay, no, that's fine then. <laughs> like, you know, at least they didn't get, like, a 10-year-old girl to do that shit on stage. But I really enjoyed the experience of seeing it as a play production so much more than I probably ever enjoyed the film, if I'm being honest. And my, me and my husband talk about this all the time. Like, he said there's so much more they could have done with it. And, yeah, I agree, there is. But I just think that what they did do with it to try and you know, shift it away from the film and make it more about the source material. I thought they did such a good job with it that I would love to go and see that again. Um, Absolutely, I'd, I'd go and see that again in a heartbeat. It was one of the most unusual and one of the, probably one of the best theatre productions I'd seen in a long, long time as well. What really set the play apart from the film, I think, was that they didn't play tubular bells in the production. They played something that sounded similar to it right at the end. And I don't know whether it's because they were intentionally trying to set themselves apart from the movie or whether it was for copyright reasons or... I don't know. But I also think, to an extent, when it comes to tubular bells, it's that iconic and it's so associated with The Exorcist that, it you know, you can't not have either that either tubular bells or a version of tubular bells. Like, it's always going to be associated with The Exorcist. And I must admit, I was in, with the TV show, which I did love, and I'm so, I was so glad that it, it got cancelled. With the opening credits of that, like, they chose this really crappy theme song, which, when I watched it for the very first time, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is seriously what they've, they've chose for the Exodus TV show, this really shit theme song. And I just remember, like, I was really happy right at the end when Ben Daniels puts on the, the hat and walks out of his house and then Chibula Bell started to play. I was like, oh, okay, now I can get into this. So to some extent, like, you know, I I, I suppose it's it, it's just going to always be associated with The Exorcist. I also have to say, though, with the TV show, as much as I loved it, and I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but when they were trying to say, like, profanities, they just used really awkward words, and it just made the dialogue a little bit hammy sometimes. I don't know if it was just me who noticed that. But anyway, like, that's just my opinion. But seriously, though, replacing See You Next Tuesday with Stink Pot, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is a Stink Pot? Like, seriously, like, I just found that so laughable. And I, of course, I understand it was the network and, you know, they have their restrictions and what have you. But, yeah, they, they could have come up with a better word than that shortly. So to sum up, The Exorcist was unbanned in the UK. I didn't get to see it. Well, everyone else around me could and I was really upset. And then I was allowed to watch it. I was disappointed. And then as the years went on, I learned to appreciate it. And now I've also read the book and I've also seen the play production. And now it's just a film that I appreciate. I, I do, I, it's, I, I like it, I appreciate it and I know quite a bit about it. And I do watch it if it's on TV. I will put it on now and then. It's not my most favourite film. Um, it's not one that I can I can watch with the ex- with the excitement that I would have for other films that I love. So, yeah, it's it's kind of funny when you think about all the films that were banned, and not just with the video nasties, but just in general. And when they were re-released, and it tends tended to be around the late nineties, early two thousands, like Cannibal Holocaust, like that was like 
that wasn't like a big deal. But when I watched that, I was more grossed out than anything. Um, but I remember there was an advert for that on Sci-Fi. Um, because it was Vipco that released it. I think Vipco was um a video in DVD production company. It, it the music of that really freaked me out. But anyway, so uh, just before I wrap up, guys. I want to give a huge shout out to um the book dad on Twitter and Instagram, aka Andrew, uh, for designing my new logo and some of my new graphics. Um, in case you don't know, Andrew runs um Horror Oasis, which again you can find that on Instagram and um Twitter too to find out more information, and also obviously go to the website Horror Oasis, and he also runs um a new press called Dartlit Press, which is due to release their first anthology soon. So keep an eye out for that. So. This has been the first official episode of Slash Akara. I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who supported me so far of this podcast. And I hope you really enjoyed the first episode. Until next time, on the next edition of Slash Horror.